Hi, y'all. I'm Amy. And I'm Jess. And we are two sober women committed to helping you live an optimized life. This show is about stories and strategies to help you optimize your health, your relationships, and your businesses. We focus on keeping it simple and having fun. Welcome to another episode of the Optimized Life Podcast. Boy, do we have a treat for you today. We are going to be diving into um, something that Amy and I both hear so often in not only the circles that we run in, but the clients that we serve and just in general, like over our years um, in this space. And that is ruminating and repetitive thinking. And I feel like there's many different ways to say this. It could be overanalyzing, overthinking, but that the repetitive nature, the ruminating nature of this sort of thinking really can get in the way of people being able to show up fully for, for everything that is going on in their lives. And maybe this is something you can relate to as well. Um, so super excited to be here with you today, Amy. Um, we're both kicking this podcast off from the same town that we live in now together. So, so yeah. like here. So fun. Oh my gosh. I just realized that like, this is, this is it. Like I now currently live about seven minutes away from you. That's uh, real. It's Talk real. about making shit happen. Making shit Dang. happen. So yes. Couldn't have done that with ruminating thinking. I fully, fully, fully 100% went into trusting mm. things at such a deep level that I couldn't see, you know? And I think that, um, that something that really, uh, when we can't see something, the brain goes and tries to find evidence of what it might look like. And that's something that can so often like, start the the little opening towards the rabbit hole into ruminating overthinking overanalyzing and you know really just an attempt to try to control things to feel safe and this this entire experience and I would say the majority of 2021 for me personally has been this experience of just like jumping off a cliff and having no idea what's underneath me and trusting that um Either I'll splat on my face and know what to do when I how to get back up and repair the rupture, or that I'll just land on my two feet and be okay. So it's really exciting to be here. So exciting. And and thank you for, for sharing that because I do feel like what one of the biggest benefits of the pandemic is that it's disrupted so many things, right? Including the ruminating thinking, repetitive thinking, right? It's forced us to really like develop new ways of thinking because everything has changed all at once. But, and, um, and it's still something that a lot of us struggle with. I know that um, even last night I was sharing with you that as I laid my head on the pillow, it started and this is, and we're gonna dive into um, what this looks like, what nobody taught you and of course solution. But I just wanna be transparent that this has been something that for me personally, I've, it's been a lifelong um, thing that I've had to notice and um, you know pull myself back from, right? So it's a work in progress. And just to dive into what what is ruminating thinking, and it's really just um, excessive or repetitive thinking 
about, you know, either something that's happened in the past or something that hasn't happened yet. I know for me, it looks like conversations and scenarios replaying over and over again in my head, whether they've happened or not, or whether they're going to happen or whether I don't know if they're going to happen. Right. And, and that sort of thinking really triggers um, a multitude of other behaviors that no longer serves us. And for me, it's felt like I've been a prison, you know, basically a prisoner in my own head. And that, you know, also can open the door to a lot of um, mental, physical, and emotional health problems. And so, Amy, I would love for you to just share, um, you know, we are both sober, conscious women um, working in this sort of a space. And so how did this show up in your life? And yeah, share with our listeners. I would love to hear how this showed up for you. So when I think about ruminating and like that's the noise that I just want to make because it's so exhausting and when I look back on my childhood and my life it's been something that has been a part of of me for so long and it you know I think that I can just remember being so young, so little and feeling so uncomfortable, not knowing what other people were doing or talking about, because something in my body needed to know that they weren't leaving, that they weren't leaving, that they weren't leaving. And so talk about replaying scenarios in my head. And and I just, I can remember this from a very, very young age, like barely completing sentences and already having the thoughts of how could I have done that differently so that they would stay so that they would like me more so that they would, so that I would be a fucking enough in some way, shape or form. And my primal fear was that I would be alone if I didn't execute in the proper ways in life and execute, meaning like be what other people, what I thought other people wanted me to be. So I would say that most of my life, I spent replaying scenarios and how I could have done it differently. And then writing long letters to either the person that I wanted to do it differently with or to myself about how I could have done it differently, right? And it kept me so much, my my desire was to repair or to come closer or to establish a healthier connection and healthier communication. However, because I felt so unsafe within my own body, I just didn't know how to clearly communicate that. And so, you know, everything that I teach and everything that I practice now is based on those principles. So as soon as I get a nudge in my body of not feeling like enough or, um, or even if I'm with someone and I can tell that I've done something to, to create this, like that, that I've acted in a way and then therefore they've it's activated something in their nervous system for me to be able to actively just say to myself internally, that has nothing to do with you. Like you're being you and they're having a response that has nothing to do with you. Like I don't have to try to be more or try to, um, because I do feel my way through the world, I'll feel their discomfort. And I don't have to try to, um, to make anything different for them that I can stay in my body and continue to embody my experience rather than going, Oh, I could have said this differently and I could have done this and maybe I'll do this. And yeah. Right. And it can just get so intense. 
And it's not that I don't notice the name. Like I will say, oh, you know, I can tell something shifted in the room and that's it. And then I'll give the other person the opportunity to let me know what it is that shifted. And that takes fucking balls, you know? I mean, just to notice it and name it, it takes consciousness. And the other person might be like, no, no, everything's okay. And the more defensive they are, the more I know that it's probably true. And again, there's still nothing for me to do about it. So the ruminating thinking has been with me or was with me for so long. And it created so many different patterns and behaviors um, to keep me alive, to survive. And, you know, it's such a big part of the work that I do in the world and that I share with others, in addition to the fact of the work that I do with myself daily, right? You know, it's like, there's so much freedom of noticing it. And whatever part of it, if I go on the, the train for 20 minutes or for five minutes, whenever I interrupt it, it's such a celebration. <laughs> like, oh my God, yes, I stopped it. Cause I mean, I can remember that shit would happen for days. And, and then I would pick up one of my, you know, coping behaviors that worked for a really long time, but then stopped working. And of course, alcohol, drugs, sex, all of those high palatable things for the brain that I used that just, you know, drown all of my dopamine and, um, you know, all of my neurotransmitters to make it just go away. Like those were my go-tos. And part of living a conscious sober life is just noticing it like, oh gosh, I would really like a piece of sugar right now to make this go away. Cause it'll just saturate my whole body and I'll feel different. So yeah, I can go on and on about this topic. It's so good. What about you, Jess? So good. And so many things um, that you just said, I like can hundred percent relate to. Um, and I think one of the first things, um, and I appreciate you like bringing all these points up because there, it's, I think a lot of our listeners can say, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. And uh, yes, and this whole ruminating and um, repetitive thinking is exhausting. That's a good way to, uh, the perfect way to explain how it felt in my body as well. It also showed up as something that was very tense and it manifested in my stomach and in my gut and my ability to go to the bathroom <laughs> for many, many years, something I've worked very, very hard on, but it, it really does all link back to being uncomfortable about the not knowing, right? And for me personally, um, you know, I um, consider myself and something again that I've had to really work tight, you know, work hard on is I have this tightly wound personality and that need for perfection. And so that was something that started to show up very early on in my life, I, from as little as I can possibly remember. And so that sort of perfection and, and type A personality um, really uh, catapulted, I feel like, that repetitive, that ruminating thinking. And, and then that manifested in many patterns like you, you just brought up, right? So there's all these other coping mechanisms that I would, I would bring in in order to find relief, right? To get relief from that thinking. And, um, you know, I haven't ever shared this on the podcast, but my, my 
like obsessive compulsive behaviors got really, really strong there for a while. And it manifested in any, everything from counting lines on sidewalks to like, you know, decoding um, and putting meaning to license car uh, license plates on cars. I mean, it sounds so crazy now, but I would do that and I would do it over and over and over again. And then that shifted to um, eating and restricting and purging in terms of um, eating disorders, if you will. And then, again, and then that manifested into checking out with drugs and alcohol. So again, like these were, if I felt, if, if I didn't do these things, it really felt like I didn't have control. And I think that fear and control, you know, control is just another variation of fear. And that goes right back to what you were just saying about being so uncomfortable in the not knowing, right? And so again, these patterns served um, as, a, as a way for me to interrupt and ease that thinking. Uh, it felt like it gave me respite or temporary relief from myself. And just like I said at the beginning of this podcast, the prisoner in my own head. And then, you know, it, it, it then carried over into, you know, various health issues that I have worked hard to overcome, you know, and that was that digestive issues and not being able to poop. And, um, and again, that ruminating thinking still to this day sometimes gets in the way it, it disrupts my sleep. And when my sleep is disrupted, oh my goodness, um, the low stress resilience, the fatigue, the cognitive, um, you know, impairment, the feelings of anxiousness. So I see so clearly how it's this one root thing of me really having to watch the thoughts that are in my head and celebrating it when I'm able like you to be able to pull myself back from from this sort of thinking, which is like, it, it's really amazing to have tools in order to do that, right? And that's so much of the work that we do um, with our clients is to, to help them have tools for that. So that is some of the, that's some of the ways it showed up for me and uh, some of the patterns it created. And maybe you can relate, maybe there's other patterns that this sort of thinking has created in your life. Um, and so, yeah, so I would love to jump into, cause this is where it gets really interesting. Cause again, this topic is something that, so many people struggle with. I mean, we hear it every day um, with our clients and yet nobody's talking about it or no one's teaching us about how to um, manage it or um, shift away from it. And so I would love to hear from you, like what are some of the things nobody taught you about this um, really important subject? Mm. I think that, you know, the number one thing that I probably felt the biggest disconnection from is that if I did share it, um, maybe it didn't show up in the same way for my caregivers or for people in my family system. And so it was just shut down right away. Um, and so the way that I was explaining it wasn't, um, wasn't landing for the people that I was sharing it with. And so it was just like, eh. We don't have time for that. Like, why do you do it? Just stop, just stop, just stop. And for my nervous system, there's nothing more. Oh gosh. Just like talk about not feeling seen or heard or felt. There's nothing that's more infuriating inward. And so since I'm so inward, I would get so infuriated to when someone would tell me just to stop 
I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, if I could just stop it, I'm very intelligent. I would just do that. But my nervous system is having a response. And then all of that infuriation would lead to um, an inner dialogue of I'm wrong. I'm bad. I can't take up space here. So, you know, listeners, it's not crazy. It's not bad. It all makes sense. And what no one taught me growing up was that it's okay. It's okay. Like what you're feeling is real. Maybe I don't have the lived experience of it. And how can I support you to feel safer? I mean, it, it could have been so much more simple and could have provided so much ease to my nervous system. And that's why I'm so passionate about how I teach this, because if we can start saying things like that to our children, even in our hot, even when we get dysregulated around children, because we do, if we can just say like, oh, wow, I don't have that lived experience and what you're feeling is so valid. And how can I create some safety for you? And maybe even give some choice and some context and some connection around it. So the ruminating and overthinking and, and all of the trauma responses that, um, that, that are trauma responses, they can simply be, you know, transformed with just by creating that connection and that context and then giving someone the choice as to what would feel better for them. And that, I mean, that's a simple thing that no one taught me growing up. <laughs> And we'll be back right after a word from our sponsor. What if you had a tool that could help keep you accountable, mend your fractured relationships, and establish healthy daily routines? Soberlink's remote alcohol monitoring system is designed to help you create an optimized life, y'all. It's trusted by thousands of treatment professionals nationwide, including me. Soberlink helps recovering individuals gain accountability for sobriety through a comprehensive system that combines daily scheduled testing with advanced reporting capabilities to track progress. Soberlink devices use real-time results, facial recognition, and tamper detection to ensure the integrity of each test so your loved ones can witness you thrive in recovery. For tips on how to achieve lasting recovery, as well as a $50 off promo code, visit soberlink.com forward slash thrive. So good. And, and this, just hearing you talk about that brought me back to, you know, the work that we're doing when it comes to the space of mental wellness, right? And up until very recently, how these things weren't talked about. And if you couldn't see it, um, then it wasn't real. And um, so that's kind of been over the last, uh, I don't know, three to five years that we've really seen this huge shift in terms of this conversation being elevated. And so that to me is like very positive. And um, I feel like we're going in the right direction if we can create that, that space and give people, like you said, the vocabulary to talk about it, right? Because so, so many of us don't have that. And so I think one of the biggest things that jumps out to me when I think about what nobody taught me is obviously not having the vocabulary, not being taken seriously, like mental health doesn't matter unless you can, you know, only physical health that you can see matters. But um, 
I think the big thing is that it really was the root cause of a lot of these other patterns. Not only is it the unhealed trauma response, so that's the root, right? But then, you know, that this is the, the stepping stone into the um, repetitive patterns that showed up in my life. And it was like, oh, I just needed to really focus on this. And then I wouldn't need to the repetitive thinking or the overthinking and overanalyzing and find ways to regulate my nervous system. So I felt safe. And then some of these other things wouldn't have been, um, you know, my, my way of checking out, right? So again, I feel like we have a huge opportunity right now with these um, next generations coming up to be able to teach them about that. I mean, obviously it's great for us to know it now and get some relief because, oh my gosh, isn't relief from <laughs> this amazing to have tools. I mean, even, uh, you know, even after we've gone through everything we've gone through, but again, we can, we can really teach this to these up, up and coming generations and save them a lot of, um, yeah, patterns that, that could really get in the way of living a full um, and happy life, right? So um, it's really exciting, I think, where we sit right right now and in, in history, and especially, especially coming out of COVID, where mental health really has been prioritized. And this is all part of that mental wellness, right? And we'll be back right after a word from our sponsor. What if you had a tool that could help keep you accountable, mend your fractured relationships, and establish healthy daily routines. Soberlink's remote alcohol monitoring system is designed to help you create an optimized life, y'all. It's trusted by thousands of treatment professionals nationwide, including me. Soberlink helps recovering individuals gain accountability for sobriety through a comprehensive system that combines daily scheduled testing with advanced reporting capabilities to track progress. Soberlink devices use real-time results, facial recognition, and tamper detection to ensure the integrity of each test so your loved ones can witness you thrive in recovery. For tips on how to achieve lasting recovery, as well as a $50 off promo code, visit soberlink.com forward slash thrive. So let's jump into some things that can really help you start to you know, minimize this, start to alleviate this. Um, so let's go ahead and do that. There, you know, we talk a lot about um, healing the trauma response and how, you know, that really is the root cause to a lot of these things. Amy, do you want to just share a little bit as to what that means? What does it mean to heal the trauma response and how does somebody start with that? Yeah, that's such a great question. You know, I think that um, there's like so much, there can be so much confusion around what heal means and if it's actually even possible. And so I first was one of presence that, you know, um, these, these really well grooved patterns in our nervous systems are going to be there for the rest of our existence in this body. And we can learn, um, we can get curious about them and we can learn more about them and we can learn what activates them and what triggers them. And then we can go to that place and provide more um, healing, more, um, more attention to that, you know? So, so often it's something very young that happened a really long time ago. And how can we bring more love to that? How can we complete the experience that was incomplete in our childhood or in our relationships or in our friendships or in our, you know, with our siblings. 
because that's so often what it is. It's like, it's not in the conscious mind. It's getting curious of like, Ooh, that did not feel good. And it reminded me of something. And how can we go back and complete some of those experiences? So something that I'll often do with the people that I support is write a letter. Um, you know, I call them like the fuck you letters, right. Of like what I wanted to do, or if there was physical, um, there's any kind of physical assault or abuse. It's like, okay, what did you want to do when you were being held down? Oh, you wanted to hit, you wanted to fight back. You wanted to say these words, let's do that. And of course you all, this happens in safe containers with, you know, skilled practitioners that can support you and help you feel safe. And then also support you to integrate after you complete these experiences. But that's the number one thing. And that's what the, you know, optimize the optimized podcast is all about. It's like, we optimize when we choose to get curious and understand where these patterns started. So good. I love how you just worded that. It's all about completing the incomplete experience. I had never thought of it that way, but it's so true. So thank you for laying that out and providing context around that because we hear so much now, everybody's trauma informed, right? And I just have to chuckle a little bit at that because it's like, are they? I don't know, but it's a definitely a trending word right now. So um, find a practitioner that's skilled and trained in this area that can really guide you and help integrate you and the importance of that, right? So um, thanks for, for that. And so another way that... Um, that has really been helpful for a lot of the clients, including myself, is to really tap into our the, the feelings in our body, right? And so um, a, a way to explain this uh, for me is, you know, I like to make, like my default is to make decisions from my prefrontal cortex. I want to put it in a spreadsheet. I want to overanalyze it, ruminate on it, when really what I need to do to make a decision is to you know get outside um, and connect with nature at some level and tap into how I'm feeling about that. And um, I know Amy, you've really helped to support me in that journey as well. Just like I didn't, I didn't really know what that meant to tap into my body, tap into my intuition. We say again, that's something that people say all the time, intuition. But man, it's like that's something that we're not taught. That would be really helpful, right? Because we do have the answers. And so to be able to tap into your body and, and make decisions from, from that place, as opposed to the default mode overanalyzing space of our, our brain that we're going to talk about a little bit more in the podcast at the end is really powerful. Do you have any um, tips on how to help people tap into your intuition? Yeah, it's funny. I was just, you know, I'm, I, I live across the street from my parents and I haven't lived this close to my family and over 20 years and yesterday my mom and I were shopping and um you know when you're when you're back in with your family systems it's really easy for the nervous system to to want to to almost like be that little child within you and so to want to make your family happy and so um I noticed that like I had this desire to make my mom happy or proud of me and I was making a decision about a buying decision about something simple for my house. But I really, in that moment, I, I had to separate and go into my body and say like, what do you really want this? Like, is this going to really make you happy? And because 
my mom was there and I knew my little girl was there really wanting approval from my mom. I also brought my pendulum out and tested because I needed that extra reinforcement to tap into my body and really, and then when I, as soon as I brought my pendulum about out, I could feel like the heat down from my cervix, like come up into my heart space. And I was like, oh yes, this is a full body. Yes. But because I was in that environment, I needed a little extra support. And so, you know, like no matter how much training and information and practice that I have with this still around people that we love very much that we want to make happy, we can forget. And so this is just a great example of coming into the body and really checking in. And if you're just starting listeners out there with like, even knowing that you have a body, um, I think that the simple thing is looking, uh, just noticing heat and cold. Like when do you notice that you get hot, that you start sweating and when you get cold, because both of those are nervous system responses. And it doesn't mean either of them are negative or positive, but if you can just start noticing the heat or the temperature of your body and then what's happening around you, that can be kind of that first introduction into your body. And we're so quick to pathologize women over 40 or like, oh my God, I'm pre-menopausal. And I'm like, maybe you're just super fucking turned on right now and you really like the thing or you're really activated in something else. Like it doesn't have to be this Western approach to everything. It can just be that like, whoa, yes, this is so fun. Or you're nervous. So I think a temperature is a great place to start. And that was fun to share about because it's just so real. So real. So good. Thanks for those tips. And um, again, I love it's so true. It's like, welcome, welcome to your body, right? I think um, in our society, we've just gotten so disconnected from that, you know, um, on so many levels. And so to really be cognizant of that and to really, you know, take time. I know for me, and and we're going to talk a little bit more about meditation too at the end, but that's really helped me to tap into my body. You know, when I can hear, hear, hear and feel my own heartbeat, that's um, how I know I'm not too far away (laughs) from my own body. So that's something that I use to check in personally. Can I, can I feel and hear my own heartbeat? Okay. The next thing is, and something we talk about almost on every podcast, but it's so important. It's the, um, it's how to regulate, learn how to regulate your nervous system and how to bring yourself out of the um, the cortisol response of this, of that fight or flight and bringing yourself back up to that um, flow state, as we call, call it. And again, like all of the ruminating thinking for me happens in, in that fight or flight or that sympathetic state. And just thinking about that and how it, you know, talk about heat in my neck and my upper back and, you know, like I can't concentrate on anything and I feel foggy. And so I know when I'm in that state that that's going to be, everything feels chaotic and the ruminating thinking kicks off. So how do I move from that state to a state of flow where we're tapping more in or ventral as it's called? We're, we're able to tap more into that intuition. So really, um, I, we've done a couple episodes on this. It's so important to understand that that polyvagal ladder. And Amy, if you want to jump in and say a few few things on this, this is your your jam. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think when 
when we talk about regulating your nervous system, it's again, it's noticing it. It's really noticing like, wow, I am like about to fly off the handle is something that I hear people say really often, or I can't move. I don't know what to do next. And so just noticing and naming those things and, and being able to go, this is natural. What I'm feeling is natural and what can support me to move from the state that I'm currently in into a different state. Because if, for instance, you feel like I don't know what to do next and I'm frozen, then that's a real opportunity for the thinking to turn on. And it sucks because what happens in that place is that you're frozen, but your brain isn't. Your brain is going a million miles an hour and your body cannot move off of the couch or you know, out of the, the dangerous, sometimes dangerous situation that you're in with an emotional abuser or, you know, whatever it is, you're emotionally abusing yourself. And so I think the first thing of like how to regulate your nervous system, first of all, is come closer, you know, reach out to us, let us know where you're at. And, you know, we're here. That's what we do together. And I think, again, I, I just cannot say this enough, wherever you are, we'll meet you there. And it's about noticing it because we get so quickly into the judgment which then leads us down to more negative thinking, overthinking, trying to control the future or the past that already happened, and then therefore into rumination. So regulating your nervous system is a big ass topic that just starts with noticing it. Yep, so true. And I know for me, that's it's been a game changer to be able to have vocabulary around it, notice it, be able to feel it in my body and say, oh, yep, don't like where I'm at right here. I'm going to take action, take tools out of the toolbox to shift that state, right? So important. And that plays right into another thing that we talk a lot about, but this is about um, regulating your body through nutrition, right? So regulating um, what we refer to as the gut brain access. And um, again, it's just like, this is a really, really big missing link, right? You can do all the things, but if your gut is not producing the um, neurotransmitters that it needs to um, you know, feel, feel good, right? Your gut produces 60 to 90% of your serotonin, your dopamine, um, your norepinephrine, whether or not you can concentrate and focus, your GABA, whether or not you can relax and sleep. And of course, dopamine is whether or not you're motivated and serotonin regulates your mood. So again, like if your body and your gut is not producing these chemicals, these feel good messengers, um, then it's obviously not signaling from your gut to your brain correctly. And this is a simple thing that people can do to just, um, you know, get the right nutrients in their body to make that happen. And so that's really, really important because um, those feel good neurotransmitters can solve a lot of your, <laughs> a lot of your, uh, your dysregulation, right? And it's kind of like an an easy button, right? I mean, you know, you, you still need to do all the other work, but without like your, your body firing on all cylinders, it, it's really, you're coming from behind, right? And another thing too, it's like that gut brain connection regulates the, your metabolism, which re regulates the actual food that you pick up and put into your mouth to fuel your body, right? So it's like, 
again, it's all related and optimizing that that gut brain connection, which is really the signaling of all of these things in your body, hormones, feel good chemicals, your immune system, which is so important right now, um, your hormones, um, then yeah, you're, you're dysregulated um, out of the gate. So I don't know if you have anything you want to share, because I know this is like the vagus nerve work is, is something that is very important. Well, I mean, simply what I want to share is like, if you're interested in any, in any of this, like this is what we're all about. So we can send you a very simple assessment to just take and, you know, go through several questions and it'll give you some insight and it'll help you get more curious about where you're at now and where you want to be. And this is the work that Jess and I do. And not only that we do for others, but that we do for ourselves. You know, I think it's been a little over three years since I introduced um, the mentobiotics into my, into my life and into my body. And you know, I can really tell you that it was a game changer and it started with taking the mental health assessment. And, you know, that is totally available y'all. If that's what you're ready for, like come closer. That's why we're here. And, you know, the more of us that choose to get curious and to say yes to this and to feel different, that's how we can change the world. So, yeah. That's a great reminder. I'll be sure to put um, the link to the mental wellness assessment in the show notes and also in the blog post. So yeah, feel free to take that. That'll give you a really good idea of where you might be needing some support. And I know for me, when I took that like four years ago and here I do this for a living and I was like, oh, I'm like a between a four and a five on a scale of one to 10. I was like, wow, there's some missing components there. And of course, um, it's been a long journey getting that back up, but um, I'm feeling really great today. So we'll be sure to put that in the comments. Take that quiz for sure. It takes like five minutes. Okay, the last thing before we um, end today is really learning how to regulate your um, monkey mind, right? As it's called, and that, that goes back to that default mode network in our, in our brain, which is where we go to ruminate, right? And that also triggers the stress response. So learning how to regulate those things. And I have a few things in there that I know has really helped me. And this is where the meditation has come into, um, into my life in such a profound way because it really does help me rewire those, those pathways that are just the repetitive pathways. And again, if you're new to the default mode network, it's meditation goes right in there. There's a couple other things that also go right in there. We've talked a lot about them on other episodes, but um, you know, it, it, meditation actually is shown like on scans to decrease the activity in that center of your brain, which um, just talking about it, I feel relief. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's like that portion of our brain, which is part of our, the least evolved portion, right? Um, and so this is like uh, that, that ruminating worrying center. So uh, helping to relax that default mode network, um, you know, helps with a ton of things, focus, concentration, stress response, um, anxiety, um, any, any of the patterns uh, and behaviors that might be getting in your way. So that's a huge one for me. And I know, Amy, for you, you, you kind of do it more of a movement meditation, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's interesting. Thank you so much for bringing all of this up because just in the last three weeks, um, several of my friends, like 
my, those people that you'll know forever, y'all that you just have in your life have come closer to me, whether it be through Facebook or through text or just kind of noticing that I've been so freaking consistent in my life and it, they have this desire and every single one of them has told me that they just can't stop worrying. And what I, you know, what I really notice is that, you know, talking meditation to someone who's in that space, they're just overwhelmed. I can't, I don't know how, da, 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 da. And as someone who, who doesn't sit still very well in my own body, um, I can really relate to that. And so, you know, this is another example of meeting you where you're at. And if you are out there worrying and worrying and worrying, like meditation will come and yes, I do do it. And it's, it's so real and it's so awesome. And it, and it really does, like, I can feel that just hush come over my body, but mine is often in the form of dancing. Mine is often in the form of like, like getting on the balls of my feet and just balancing, right? Cause I have to be there now and I, my whole body will start to tremble. And then afterwards I'll probably get a chill or something. And I can just tell that I've completed something in my body just by doing a little toe stand, you know, in my living room or now I have ceramic floors. And so it's even more challenging, right? So um, it, there's just little tiny things that you can do to be like, where am I? Where am I? Where am I? And just that simplicity of that is mindfulness, is awareness to your body, your mind connection, and it will relax your body all day long. It works. Shit works. So fun. I, that's something I really love about you and that we're able to do that in two totally different ways. And so um, again, yeah, this is whatever works for you, right? It's not a one size fits all. Um, I think some of the other things that have really um, helped me is um, really leaning into awe. And um, I'm going to do like some more content around this because it's so exciting to me right now. Just the word awe, like finding more awe in your life, um, whether it's, you know, looking up at the straw, I forgot what it was, a strawberry moon the other night. <laughs> it was like so beautiful, right? Like stopping to just experience like the wonders um, whether it be through historical things or nature or um, just uh, random acts of kindness, right? All of those things that like kind of restore our faith in humanity. It leads to, for me, like a whole different perspective that totally gets me out of self and out of that default mode network and, and has such a wide range of benefits. Um, where Amy and I live, there's this little, I wanna say it's a secret area, but it's not um, because it's a channel that all the boats go in and out of, but there are a pod of dolphins in that channel. And I like to go and sit with them. And I'm just so like amazed by them. And that to me is awe, like looking at, you know, just being one with this beautiful planet that we have the privilege of being a part of. And again, that like totally shifts my, my uh, internal dialogue and reduces stress and gets me personally into that state of that flow or that ventral nervous system state. So the more you can do things to experience awe and to introduce more play, and of course, anytime you can be more in nature, that is going to have, um, and that's why Amy and I are here at the coast, right? To be um, near these sorts of experiences. And uh, yeah, I mean, wh whatever you need to do to be closer to those sorts of things, right, is really, really um, important. I like, and a new thing that I like doing is cartwheels in the rain. 
<laughs> so I was doing that, you know, there's, it's been raining the last few days. So yeah, what are some of the things that you do to kind of relieve stress? Oh yeah, I mean, all of the above. I remember um, I lived in San Francisco for a really long time and um, my girlfriend would say like, let's go chase summer because there was so much fog in, in San Francisco. And so we would like get in my car in the, in the old Honda and just, you know, go up to the coast and find the sunshine and chase summer. And it's just really those simple things and, you know, choosing since I've left San Francisco, I've chosen to simplify my life more and more and more so that I have time and space and energy to be in the awe. And I mean, I'm just, as we're talking about it, I'm just feeling so much emotion to, you know, this, the choices that, that you, you can make if you're out there listening and it can be something as simple. Um, the, the person who's painting my house has two children and they've just been in my house for the last several days. And I just love the noises that they make and all these little things. And it's just that consciousness, which honestly, I, you know, I was so worried about escaping my ruminating thinking, how am I going to make the stop? How am I going to make the stop? How am I going to control it? What am I going to do? Da, 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 da. That, you know, the grocery store and a bottle of wine or a box of, you know, cookie dough, um, or, you know, who am I going to call to have sex with was the thing that I was thinking about rather than being in awe. Although there was a lot of room for that when the fog rolled into San Francisco every night, you could not help but be in awe. But there was like five minutes of that and four hours of how am I going to escape my ruminating thinking and, and then honestly just create more of it because of the choices that I was making at the time. So, you know, listeners totally freaking get it. And wherever you are, we'll meet you there. So, so good. This has been one of my favorite um, topics so far that we've done. And when I think about odd too, it's like, the view from your uh, porch, your brand new porch here on the Gulf Coast, that's like the perfect like frame for sunset every single day. And it just kind of gives me the chills because, you know, the more surfing, the more sunsets, the better, right? And uh, that you basically like moved here and created a lot of awe. And so that's so fun. And I can't wait to watch more sunsets together. And I'm just so grateful for you and, um, and, and for you listeners. And we just love this podcast and we love, um, we love talking about all the things together. So thanks again. I know. Thank you so much for listening today. And the best way that you can support us in the Optimize Life podcast is to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. And we would love to gift you the Optimize Life toolkit when you do that. So thank you so much for your support. Thanks again. And to go ahead and grab your copy of the Optimized Life Toolkit, head over to www.jessyonda.com slash the Optimized Life. And we have put together five hacks for you that will finally help you get in the zone all day, every day. Just so you know, we so appreciate each and every one of you. And thank you for joining us on this optimized journey.